Jackie Hearn. Uh, I'm here with the lovely Sharon, and we are here to talk about uh, lawyering. Is that is that correct? Lawyers, lawyering, and legalese, and any you you name it. Oh, it's... and uh, yeah, and then of course uh, there is Mike. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to need a lawyer pretty soon? Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable of how much uh, stuff has happened and how separate these storylines are are continuously getting. I mean, we <clears throat> excuse me we we've seen Mike take this path of uh, I don't want to say crime. Uh, what's probably the the proper wording as far as Mike's path is concerned? Yeah, I, dark path is is a good uh, description, and you have uh, you have Kim who is almost looking at a path of redemption uh, to to get back to uh, her her office, which she actually uh, just did uh, yep. this episode, which is uh, very yeah, but uh, just doesn't seem like she's uh, uh, at her. Obviously, that is 100% uh, thanks to Chuck and not Howard. Yes, correct. Uh, the the vibe of uh, Howard walking down that uh, hallway. Yeah, it, I'm, I totally agree with your 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 co-host over there. It, she. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, and that's a cat's perspective. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, poignant it's, to Pocky. It's unbelievable of just how uh, cold he. He looked uh, just walking down that uh, that hallway. Yeah, that I mean, what 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 is okay? So obviously something else is going on with Howard. There's no way that he would be this upset with with Kim this long, this intense. I mean, it was Jimmy that did it. It wasn't Kim. Um, So i I know we we kind of jumped ahead here, but what do you what do you think is going on there with Howard? I personally believe that Howard is still uh has this resentment as far as uh just what can you know Kim saying to to put in the good word for for Jimmy and then he Jimmy pulled that uh that stunt of the the commercial which we we got to see the the edited version of that commercial, which uh, looked very uh, plain, just like their their first their first one. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the blue lines in the back that he hated so much. Mm, absolutely. That 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 was that was quite sad. So why don't we just start off with the with Mike? Because um, I I think that that was the probably if I have to take a guess. I would say that most viewers were more excited, have been more excited the last two episodes of the Mike story. What do you guys think? It, I have to agree. Yeah, I was going to say this is probably the the most uh, anticipated storyline just because it's a lot of it is uh, very familiar with the, the Breaking Bad audience and everything like that. And I don't know what it is. And I mean, we got... We got the return of uh, Teal. We got the return of uh, the twins, which <gasps> wasn't that amazing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they were very, they were very keen on. Uh, well, it seemed like they just appeared 
It wasn't, you know, any build or anything like that. Uh-huh, like and silent ghosts. Yeah, they just appeared and and that was it. Uh, and then they appeared in in their little meeting at the end, and that was it. Uh, Didn't say a word. What's that? They don't say a word either. Yeah, they. I mean, they haven't. I don't think they've said words the entire you know series of all mm-hmm. or or Breaking Bad. If if my mistake, you know. Actually. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I believe they mentioned Spanish uh, this episode about uh, their cojones. Is that right, Ms.? I think that was Tio. That was Tio? Okay. Uh, you know, um, and pa- Pocky uh, brings up a, a good point, uh, which now, of course, I just forgot what it was. <laughs> no, but about those two. Oh, that's right. Um, there, There's a uh, behind-the-scenes on the website, you know, a four-minute thing on the AMC website, and they interview the two actors. Um, I forgot their real names, but they are, they are real b- brothers. Um, and uh, they um, – uh, Lionel and Marco are their names in the show, but they, they they interviewed them. They said, "So, how does it feel to be back on the show?" And then one of them looks like he's about to answer, and then someone comes up and says, "We need you on the set. Come on!" And then they, they so they don't say they don't even say a word in the interview. <laughs> it, it's very great that they're living this gimmick of of not saying words, even uh, in the behind the scenes extras and things like that. Their boots say it all. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, which which is very surprising. Like I said, they just appear out of nowhere, and usually, it's the the boot buildup. Uh, as far as you know, oh geez, who are these guys? Uh, with like we usually see the boots first. You mean exactly? <laughs> it, the, you see the boots first, and they kind of work their way up. Uh, as far time. as yeah, not this time. They just appeared on a building and uh, and gave the old uh, the gun to to Kaylee uh, and. Like that, yeah. And Sharon, why don't you kind of go into uh, your opinion on their their tactic as far as uh, getting Mike to take this deal, which ended up uh, um, changing. Yeah, he said no repeatedly, and then he said that you need to do a better job of scaring me. And I mean, the the Salamanca people as a whole sure did that. I mean, I didn't like their tactics at all. But, you know, they were effective, and once he threatened a man's family and his, his granddaughter and daughter-in-law, yeah, you know, they got what they wanted. But at least I'm happy that Mike got more money. That was that was at least a plus that he was going to be forced to do something he didn't want to do. 5000 is not enough. That was a brave move of Mike to say no. Um you're going to pay me. Fi- I'm not. I'm not going to do it for less than fifty thousand. And and when 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 uh, Tio just said no, the money. There's no money for you. So that that was brave. But and it was also very stand up of Mike that he gave the half of it back to Nacho, who completely didn't expect it at all. Yeah, that was really over the top. I was really impressed. It was it was very a sign it was a sign of respect as far as uh, just honoring honoring their their word their their deal and everything like that and I mean first it was the fifty thousand deal he didn't kill him so it ended up being twenty five and then yeah he just got a, a refund uh, on that return uh, and so crazy I guess he felt like he wasn't getting what he paid for but 
that was not in the least bit Mike's fault. That was entirely Nacho's on Nacho's side's fault. But and it, well, I love it, and I love that that Nacho. You could tell he completely now respects Mike, and uh, I, and that's great because I really want to see them working together. Uh, more and more through I'm sure we will but uh, you know I I I think they both kind of have um, a very similar code um, or um, code of crime is <laughs> I don't know what how else to say uh, it. like a, a code of honor yeah. almost, it, it seems like and they they both this seemed like the first time where both of them were on the same page as far as like oh shit you know we're we're in deep doo-doo at, at this point <laughs> um because yeah they you know they uh i don't know i'm just at a loss for words because uh, again it's it was very unexpected for for mike to give back that money to nacho and nacho just not having a a solution to this problem or maybe it's also just build up for the next episode and what they plan on doing to to get rid of uh, Tuco, uh, but again, we we really don't know. At least we don't know because we haven't seen the preview for it. And, uh, yeah, it's just like if we're gonna work together, then I need you to trust me, and I need to be able to trust you. And yeah, I don't know if it's ethics, but a code of understanding of each other. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so Sharon, you, I think you had some thoughts about the, the scene with the, we, we were kind of already talked about the scene at the pool, uh, with the granddaughter, um, the way that they, they, you know, the guys pointed the gun at the girl or yeah. fingers, not the gun, but now, as you know, in my own living room, I was just like not believing that. I don't know how Mike handled it so well, honestly. I think I would have been, like, freaking out. Don't you love Mike's face? Like, Mike's face in th- it, it is a character of its own in this show. Uh, he conveys so much just with the, the twitch of his muscles in his face. Um, oh, yeah. Even the granddaughter knows, you know. Five seconds ago, we were joking around about getting out of the pool. Now... <laughs> You need to listen to whatever he said. Pop, pop, pop. or something. Pop, pop. pop. Yep. Yeah. Uh, get out. And then the way he hugged her with the towel and stood on the other side of her. Oh, so sweet. It it, it, it was so heartbreaking and warming uh, to me, almost as much as hearing Jimmy serenade Kim on her uh, answering machine. To me, I don't know which I liked better, the, the scene with the co- cousins showing up or that serenading. Um, I, I just, I, I, how could you not love Jimmy hearing him sing that uh, that song, um, Bali High? What was so great about <laughs> that was that I had spent the last few minutes wondering, what is she waiting for? <laughs> you know, so then to see she was just waiting for him to horribly sing some, you know, unknown... <laughs> Song. It was just so funny. Did 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 we cover everything about Mike? Are we ready to move into J- Jim and Kim? Uh, the the one thing or, I do want to add. I didn't want to cut it off. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead there. No, 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 no not, not at all. Uh, the two things I kind of want to add is the the whole two people uh, threatening uh, Mike and Mike just taking him down. Oh yes, that was. <laughs> uh, I that was just a one when 
he revealed the the welcome mat and that guy just kind of left and I thought it was kind of ironic. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to call up Alanis Morissette on the term ironic. Uh, for, <laughs> but uh, it, for the welcome mat to be put out after uh, he denies that, that $5,000 deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just like, I think Sharon to me was like, well, what is he doing with, you know, all the that supplies? And then later in the night, uh, he it revealed that uh, it was flypaper, I believe, under under that mat. It was carbon paper. Carbon paper. Okay, gotcha. So carbon paper is revealed under the mat, and there's four footprints there. And uh, lo and behold, he he takes down both of those people and uh, almost a, a blink of an eye. And the second thing I kind of want to add is when he's cleaning up uh, the gun and the blood and everything mm-hmm. like that, uh, his hand uh, kind of shakes uh, towards the end before that before that uh, act break. And uh, he instantly grabs his hand and, and stops the shakes. Uh, to me, that was kind of a, a hesitant, uh, what have I gotten myself into uh, type like shake. Uh, I compared it to uh, when a surgeon uh, messes up a surgery and they put him off uh, – you know, they put him off the, uh, you know, put him on the bench for a little bit, and then they bring him back for surgery, and you get the shakes, uh, you know, coming back in the surgery. It, I think the term yips is used. I, I don't know if that's a Scrubs uh, TV show term or something like that. <laughs> uh, but that's the first thing that came to me is the yips. Um, and I, I think he's just hesitant on, like, the mess that he's gotten himself into, and maybe he should have taken this. $5,000 because now he's starting to get in a little deep. Uh, is is that me just overstate, you know, just overthinking things or is that something that that's come to mind in both of you, you know, you guys as well? Yeah. I, I also, I was wondering about that shaking hand and I, I kind of feel like it's that, uh, you know, he, he does, he's not a man that you would think would be afraid of particularly two punks that he could outsmart. Um, but I think he's, I think now he uh, was he was he was thinking that maybe he was his life was past all of that, uh, and now he could focus on his daughter-in-law Stacy and his da- granddaughter Kaylee. But I think now he's he has he has a lot to lose, and and I think that it, he is he is sort of nervous because he knows how powerful this. He's smart enough to know how power, powerful Salamanca can be, um, and. I I I I think he's just kind of like it was stress in that I'm I'm back into the I'm back in this you know it, I keep trying to get out but they pull me back in kind of thing. Yeah, and and now <laughs> to he, quote the Godfather. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, that I mean, and that saying totally you know applies here. Uh, except this is almost at a bigger scale. I mean, you have a drug cartel. Uh, family business that you're dealing with compared to the police department of Philadelphia. And, uh, it's, it's a bigger, bigger deal (laughs) than Mm. Philly. No offense. I love Philly, you know, and all that, but it's, uh, when you deal with the crime Lord, uh, family and it's you against all, uh, I would be fucking nervous. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. 
normal it's that normal Macbeth reaction to having someone else's blood on your hands it's just upsetting i don't know if it's the it could have gone the other way and my blood could be on their hands part of it but also like that could have gotten out of control somebody could i i again feel like there's some sort of trauma that he thinks back to when he does things like you know pick up that particular gun in that other episode or wash blood off his hands i think i think it makes him think of something else maybe well and and if you look Closely, I don't think it was clear as far as like whose blood that was. I mean, obviously mm. the other guy was bleeding uh, and things like that. Uh, but I think Sharon to me was like, well, whose blood is that? Is that is that Mike's because he hit the guy so hard with the gun or is that uh, his blood? I mean, it it's yeah, like you like you said, it's, it, you know, somebody else's blood is on his hands, but it could be his own as well. Uh, you know, he got himself into this mess uh, yeah. type scenario. I was wondering at first, but when he kept washing his hands, it didn't seem like there was any indication that it was his own. Hmm. I don't know. What did you think, Jackie? Was- I, I, I kind of thought it was just maybe the, the, the first guy that he knocked down out cold. Uh, uh, I thought it was his um, blood because uh, he looked like he was knocked pretty bad. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, while we're talking about, uh, you know, do you believe that eventually these storylines are going to to merge back together? Uh, but it seems like they are getting so far apart that it's going to be so uh, so crazy for them to merge both these storylines back in or it seems like it'll be a while before they come back together you mean mike and jimmy correct yeah well you know i see the perfect segue which is now uh mike has to he has made a deal he's going to keep his promise he's going to go to the district attorney and say it was his gun so now he's going to need legal help i see that as the perfect segue to bring uh jimmy in yeah, that that does seem like a a very logical uh, way to bring Jimmy back in. I mean, Jimmy has done uh, uh, what's the term that I'm looking for? Uh, outside help, uh, you know, for for uh, Mike before. So it yeah. it's very plausible that yeah he will uh, he'll go right back in and uh, see what happens. I guess. I hope that's not a long drawn out thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention we do have a live chat room. Um, so if you're listening to this on iTunes or watching it, uh, you can always watch us when we record live. We usually record live on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but we have a live chat, and I just want to give a shout out to those in chat. I know some of them have to run for a certain thing, so I just want to say thank you so much, Wabbit Magic and Mega Vortex. Yes, I humbly thank you for for all uh, stopping by here yeah. in the chat room. All right, so back to. Um, I I talk sometimes and then I I forget when I'm uh... <laughs> darn I knew I knew because I forgot where we were I was ready to like kind of pick it back up but, uh, but that's okay um sh- yeah, sh- we're gonna move on in into uh, Kim and, uh, and and Jimmy and mainly it's. This episode was about Kim. Yeah, but very quickly, uh, this where would be where we would do our sponsor. But I do want to 
uh, make a special thanks, instead of covering our sponsor, a special thanks to Sergeant Muffin of DiamondClub.tv. So if you're watching this live, that's where we are broadcasting. And, uh, you know, we look fancy now. And that's all thanks to Sergeant Muffin. And he does have a Patreon. He makes this whole thing possible. Uh, so consider going to patreon.com slash SGT. M-U-F-F-I-N. And thanks again, Sergeant Muffin. And I'll put that link in the chat so you can see it there if I talk too fast, which I tend to do. Uh, Sergeant Muffin, the, the, you know, the huge brains behind this uh, video operation. And uh, he's helped uh, Jackie kind of get this all squared away and made me look somewhat presentable. Uh, <laughs> uh, great as always. He picked so- out your shirt today. Yeah, he he literally. So if you donate to his Patreon, Sergeant Muffin, it, he he will call you and, and dress you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. He, this morning at uh, uh, what time did I wake up? Two p.m. today. Uh, he uh, called me up and he's like, "Hey, it was a. M. <laughs> you need to put on pants and uh, a shirt, and you need to get your life together." And he's he's unbelievable. And so uh, I highly suggest uh, donating to his Patreon, patreon.com slash Sergeant Muffin, that is S-G-T Muffin uh, for Sergeant. Thank you. All right, go back to you were leading us into Jimmy and, Jim, Jimmy and Kim. Yes, uh, to, this episode was a, a primary focus on, on Kim. Uh, Kim, uh, she's finally worked her way out of the, the depths of, uh, of hell, as I like to call it, uh, of the digging through, you know, all these bins and paperwork to, to look for new clients and close, you know, close, close cases and things like that. And uh, it's so Kim finally gets into her office and lo and behold, uh, stone cold Hamlin is there and wants to get her to work uh, right away. Doesn't even get a chance to, you know, refix her office, which by the way, it's very uh, interesting to note that there was no Chuck uh, in this episode whatsoever. Good point. Good point. Yeah, uh, it seemed like Chuck uh, put in this good word uh, for for Kim, and then all of a sudden, uh, just bounces and, and lets Hamlin uh, run rain all over uh, Kim. Maybe he doesn't want to see Hamlin's grumpy face. He looks mad in this episode. Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Is I don't think he. I think he said one sentence to Kim. Yeah, blaming her, like, haven't you unpacked yet, or something rude like that. Yeah, and and then said, "Uh, come on, let's go, and then no other words were spoken to Kim in that episode. Not even a response to her saying, I don't know what Chuck told you, but I didn't tell him to talk to you. Yeah, nothing. Uh, Wouldn't even look at her. Yeah, didn't even look at her, and it was weird because his his face literally transformed um, from... The, the hallway uh, of the office, uh, he was very, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I can get it on, on camera here, where he's just like, you know, uh, closed, not smiling, uh, mount, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. mad, pissed off. And then as uh, he's walking, you know, further to the, the conference room, uh, eventually his, his face uh, starts to, to lighten up a little bit. Uh, he seems... He's you know, yeah, he's, he's getting ready to go in and meet the client, so yeah, he's putting that. It's a tad, and then all of a sudden, you know, walks through that door, boom, hey, you know, how's your 
how's your uh, your granddaughter? Uh, is it granddaughter? Grandson, I think. Yes. Uh, you know, he's making small ch- yeah. you know, talk, and he's he's in lawyer mode of yeah. you know trying to be that friendly guy, but also trying to to get down to business. Uh, One thing. I noticed was is more than just the face. I felt like there was a lot of focus on their awkward body language when they were walking down the hallway. Mm. It's in front of who? Are we standing right next to each other? Did our elbows touch? You know, very awkward. And then I noticed when Kim went to close the door, she looked upset and then she was like, and turned on her happy face right as she closed the door. So she was able to do that too. Yes, I. That's what I was. I. One of these days, I'm, we'll talk more about uh, Raya Seahorn being a, an amazing actress. But uh, she says so much with with no words. Uh, it, you know, particularly I noticed. I really wanted to mention it last time when we talked about the meeting with her and Chuck, but we had so much to talk to talk about and cram into one episode. But she's an amazing, amazing actress. Uh, you really, uh, you really, you you really feel a connection with her, and she 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 becomes just as strong of a character as to us as we care almost as much as we care about Jimmy or we care about Mike and I think that's the beauty of the show as opposed to uh, Breaking Bad where Breaking Bad uh, while we did start to love some of the other characters particularly Jesse uh, it, the focus was really on Walt and you know it was Walt's world but this is this is such a a, a group effort all around and it you know I, I don't I don't know why they made the decision to go that way, but uh, because the show is named after one person, uh, but I, I like it. Yeah, it's it's very unique as far as the the new the new characters that have been brought into this universe. Uh, she is definitely the the more likable. She's the one that is very pure, uh, and uh, she really doesn't have any like you know, bad qualities as far as like, you know, oh, I did this and that's what makes me bad that I am the big, you know, lawyer person. So that's what makes me bad. I am, you know, things like that. She is the, the one person in this show that is, that is good. And, you know, guides, for example, uh, she, this is probably her first time in the entire series where, she commits uh, not a crime or anything like that, but she does something, you know, against against her moral judgment. And uh, you mean that she instigates? That she instigates. Yes, correct. And uh, without any influence of of anyone else, uh, and she does it all on her own instinct. The the whole, uh, uh, you know. Their their scam uh, with the with the uh, dude that has uh, apparently multiple chicks on, on the side. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, she felt like he was he had already proven himself to be douchey enough. <laughs> she could target him and not feel guilty. I think. Uh, oh, that was so great. I I did. I think everyone probably felt a sense of relief when. She that 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 next scene where she saves Jimmy from that meeting with Aaron and Omar, and says, "How fast can you get here? Uh, I've got a live one." Um, 
uh, or one hooked on the line. I can't remember what it was, but I, I mean, what, I think everybody was just relieved that, yay, she's forgiven Jimmy. Now they're going to do something fun. Yeah. And it was very harmless. Uh, I mean, yeah, the guy has multiple or he's, you know, trying to get multiple women and then, you know, yeah, got a live one is is exactly uh, what she said. And I think we're hitting a point because uh, I guess we should mention is that she, she is put to not to slaughter, uh, you know, at, at the the lawyer case when they're they're filing the injunction against um the sandpiper case and sandpiper is pushing against it and things like that mm-hmm. and she's just high and dry all alone to defend her position yeah and she gets a a, a job offer from from the competitor essentially the the opposition and it's it, that the dinner scene well not the the lunch scene uh where she gets praised and she you know the, and a job offer at Schweikart and uh Coakley yep yeah uh, Schweikart and Coakley and uh yeah she uh, you can kind of see your face uh light up as he's complimenting her and saying like she she knew that it was a losing battle and she still kept fighting uh I've had my eye on you uh, there was another thing of like um, it, having almost having the same experience uh, to to go by, mm-hmm. and uh, she felt appreciated, and that's the main thing for me. Uh, looking at it from the outside, is that she she felt appreciated, and uh, it, it was clear that it seemed like even if she she pulled the miracle on winning this portion. Uh, even if she were to do this whole sandpiper thing by herself and win, uh, it's very likely that Hamlin uh, would still kind of rub her face in the dirt. Mm-hmm. The and, Jimmy thing. And Schweikart is saying all the right things, too. Um, you know, that, that she, she really, it's almost as if he has an insider and knows that she's been stuck in the dock room because he, he's saying exactly what she wants to hear. Uh, about getting respect and moving up, and I think he even says, and, "and you and with and you will have the potential for a partner." Um, so, which I don't uh, because because they paid her student her way through co- uh, law school. I kind of have a feeling that they really see her as someone who owes them, and they don't have to uh, try to convince her to stay on um, t- by get, by f- floating the partner deal in front of her face. Yeah. So I yeah I think her time at H, uh, Ham, Hamlin Hamlin McGill is uh is is doomed. But I don't know. I I, I also kind of see this character as not who's someone who wants to wants to just jump and 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 go on to the uh, Schweikart and Coakley. But I I think that I kind of feel like what I know of her she won't she'll, she'll stick with Hamlin Hamlin McGill. But Jimmy would. But I don't I don't know that she would. What do you guys think? Do you think she's going to actually resign? I go ahead. I would hope so. I guess I don't know the 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 firm and the person offering it that well, and she seems to want it but be hesitant. So I I'm hoping that maybe in the next episode we learn more about why she's so hesitant. Mm. Um 
Well, maybe and, it has to do with the Sandpiper case. I don't know. Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention is that it, he makes it clear that it would be uh, if they if she were to jump ship, uh, essentially, uh, she'd be taken off the Sandpiper case for one, two. Uh, they wouldn't ask for like trade secret, you know, basically like trade secrets uh, of how they're running uh, the show for this Sandpiper case and and things like that. But it, at the same instance, it if you're a lawyer and you have that, in, I mean, if you're a law firm and you have that inside info, uh, wouldn't you want to uh, kind of cattle and prod to to get that info? Uh, I mean, that's the it's the whole devil's advocate thing, and that's part probably the whole reason why she she had that hesitance on jumping on it or even asking more questions as far as what the job paid or entailed or you know things like that. Mm. So I think it's the um, yeah I I think Sandpiper has a lot to do with it on that. Do you think that she might be concerned about her knowledge or relationship with Jimmy being called into question by her potential new boss? Or like, you know, um, oh, good point. Some information about Jimmy that they could use in court, like without necessarily giving Sandpiper information. Yeah. And, and that's a and that's a really good option. Oh, that's a great observation. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, she could, you know, be like, well, Jimmy, you know, didn't uh, properly get all these people or, you know, he ran this commercial without – if anything, I think she won't – if she were to jump ship and they were to ask her questions on Sandpiper stuff, the – not the solicitation uh, of uh, getting people because uh, I don't think she knows that. Is that correct? Well, what I'm okay. saying is I don't think that she would be specifically giving Sandpiper information. I just wonder if it could come up that she has some knowledge that could draw into question the character of Jimmy. Maybe maybe if they seem to know enough about her, maybe they know that she's in the relationship with Jimmy. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's not – this offer isn't just about her. Maybe. You know, I, I don't know. that 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 I wouldn't have thought of that if you hadn't said that, that uh, – there may be some motivation behind asking her, you know, because it sounds almost too good to be true that they, they that they really admired her for. I mean, yeah, she did a good job in that in that uh, that hearing uh, with the judge, uh, you know, saying that, you know, the, 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 that those contracts would be invalid because if, if you're trying to argue that the uh, the residents all have dementia, um, you know, that was great. And so I see that. But I, I don't I, – it's, it's kind of strange that he just quickly was like, let's go to lunch and, hey, you want a job? And you, you could be partner. Um, that does seem kind of odd. Right. And in there the was real world. Awkward in the way that she was telling Jimmy where I was wondering what's her concern. And it did seem kind of Jimmy related, you know, at the end of the episode when she was talking to him. Mm. Yeah, and I I just think that if anything, if things were to pop up of, as far as Jimmy were concerned, because I believe at at some point in I don't know if it'll be this season or if it'll be next season, uh, we're gonna get this huge sandpiper, um, you know, we're we're in the courtroom, uh, type scenario for maybe two three episodes, uh. I think Jimmy comes up to the stand and 
It's did you or did you not put out this commercial uh, without, you know, conferring with your law firm or did you or did you not uh, illegally, you know, get people to to sign up under you for for the Sandpiper stuff? Uh, I think that's what uh, it's all going to come crashing down, uh, whether or not uh, it seems like uh, Jimmy. I mean, if you're looking at the the Breaking Bad continuity, uh, continuity, uh, as far as, you know, uh, because Jimmy still does have his law license, you know, in a couple of years and when Breaking Bad starts out. So obviously he doesn't get disbarred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's probably possibly going to lie to get out of this, you know, stand stuff or, you know, again, I, you I don't know why I fantasy book myself into this stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's easy how, to do. I break yeah, my yeah. own rule and, you know, I <laughs> – but it, it'll be – it's an interesting route to, to go by uh, because if – yeah, she jumps ship. The, Jimmy is definitely in the, the palm – not necessarily the palm of their hand, but it uh, that is a complete open open book that they could open up. Mm-hmm. Man, I just talk and talk and talk. And no, talk. no, all good points, all good points. You know, um, I don't, I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, I and uh, you know, again, I love the the little, um, the I love when that this is a reoccurring thing that that Jim and uh, Kimmy uh, pull on scams on people, and I I hope to see more and bigger ones down the line and i we probably will i think as the seasons progress they probably are going to get a lot worse but uh but but the one thing that did stand out to me is um i've been on this this diet where i can't drink at all and of course i'm just like dying for a moscow mule those look so good and those copper glasses Oh, and actually on the second screen on AMC, if you were watching that during the show, uh, they gave you the recipe for the for those drinks that they were apparently serving there. But I was like, no, stop it. Stop it, AMC. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. Uh, the, the one thing I do want to add is that they ended up getting $10,000 out of the out of the guy, mm-hmm. their mark. Uh, do you believe? And Kim, instead of cashing it, she puts it on display. Do you think somewhere down the line that ten thousand dollars is gonna pop back up? Oh, she yeah, she really should burn that check and get rid of it. Um, I think it would just. I don't think she's ever gonna cash it for any reason. But it could it could come back to haunt her if uh, if it's found and I don't know. I don't know if she's audited for something and or. I, the FBI to invade, or <laughs> who knows? Well, and maybe this so this is something to put out to to all of our our listeners and viewers and uh, out there in internet land. What is more likely to happen? Uh, the ten thousand dollar check is found, and Kim gets in trouble, or Jimmy cashes the check uh, to further up his his law firm, or his personal gain. Good question. Yes. And so, we will go over our contact momentarily, but uh, you can email that to us at lawyeruppodcast at gmail.com. And we've got a phone number and all that we'll talk about in a moment. Now, what do you, do you, do you have an opinion on that, Sharon at all? 
I wouldn't have thought of it, but it would be interesting if Jimmy cashed it. I think, you know, he offered to already. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a really stupid move, but we've seen Jimmy get desperate and do stupid things. You know what? Uh, actually, um, well, because because it was made out to uh, Ice Station Ze- Zebra Associates, and 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 that and that's a reference back to Breaking Bad, uh, the very first or uh, scene episode that he was in, better called titled Better Call Saul. He tells someone to write make a check out to um, uh, uh, um, Ice Station uh, Zebra Associates. So he must have at some at some point he must set up some kind of a bank account where he could cash those checks with that name. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so maybe uh this is it's it's unbelievable just chatting. Uh you you kind of get the yeah. the the, the, the mind explosion. Yeah, the blurry puzzle pieces are coming together. That's right. <laughs> now do you think this is the the first uh check that is that is cashed under it? Could be. Or maybe he just sets up an account later, like a homage memory thing of past good times. I hope. You hope <laughs> that's uh, the the way you said you hope is uh, I don't I don't know. Oh oh oh! Can I make a? Oh, I know. Yes, go for it. Go for it, Jaggy. Well, did you guys happen to see scenes from next week at the end of the episode? Um, so we went, uh, we actually saw the, it's weird how we experienced this episode. So, uh, here comes a long story. Here's a long story. Long story short. We, we went on a little mini vacation and oh, uh, we went away and I was like, oh, let's watch Better Call Saul. And, uh, we had live TV in our, uh, hotel but, room. But standard <clears throat> death, not good. Yes. And, uh, I, I guess I've always, uh, lived in a world where, AMC plays the episode three times in a row, mm-hmm. and uh, either I got in uh, at the end of the third, or they just don't do that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So we saw the the final uh, like five minutes, final oh. minutes uh, which we'll talk about uh, the one thing I do want to talk about uh, in a little bit. Uh, but we also saw scenes of next week's episode. Okay, good. Saw the entire thing, okay. although. We kind of blocked it out because oh. seeing the episode. I wasn't paying a lot of attention because I hadn't seen the episode. And two, it seems like AMC just does a really good job of um, of doing these previews, but not uh, going super like okay. So not beat by beat, beat by beat, here's what's going to happen. Because earlier in the day, they were actually playing. Uh, the the entire season marathon mm-hmm. and we caught uh an in-between of you know from like episode two into episode three and they're like oh so scenes from the next episode of better call saw yeah and those scenes and none of those scenes gave that episode away yeah mm-hmm. and, and uh so i really do come okay. i don't know if well see or if it's the producers of Breaking Bad that produces it, or it's a third party. But uh, kudos to them for not uh, editing it in a way where it's like, oh, you know, this is what's going to happen. But 
But sorry, I'm rambling. No, 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 no. That's okay. I was just going to say. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it since you somewhat saw it. Uh, Jimmy is in different colored suits, and uh, we see him in, in those fancy suits that he he's been dying to wear since the show started. So uh, I'm just kind of wondering when we to go circle back to the check question that you asked. I wonder if he cashed that check and got those suits. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe he make. well, he does make plenty of money at, uh, Davis and Maine. So, uh, I'm, I'm probably completely wrong about that. Well, but. no, you're not, you're not super wrong because the, uh, Schweithart, uh, he went in this whole song and dance about how he bought suits over three. Credits. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it was a suit that he couldn't afford and he put it over three credit cards and this is probably still paying it off. He's probably probably would still be paying it off. Uh, And so, yeah, that totally makes uh, that is a totally plausible theory as I run out of words of. Well, you know, and and actually, I think that's great because it kind of leads us into that last uh, few minutes of the show that I know you want to talk about. it and and it and it it seems like such a big transition for both Jim and Kimmy when they're they're you know they wake up the next morning they talk about the check they head off to work um, she he wants to see Howard's face when she resigns but we don't know that it, she actually does and he gets in his car with the coffee with the cup holder and just decides he's not going to take it anymore he's going to fix that car so he can put his damn coffee cup in the thing. And he takes off like it, it's just a powerful like uh, uh, I saw it as Jimmy just he's just moving forward like he's ready to become Saul. Like we're always waiting. When is he going to become Saul? But I think he's I think he's damn close. I think he's damn close, but I just uh, I don't want to see it just yet. Uh, mm. I really love Jimmy and his uh his misadventures, uh, I'd like to call them. And we have to see more Aaron, too. <laughs> yeah, and Aaron is just a a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass. Oh, that meeting. It was like Jimmy didn't even need to be there. I got the sense that someone has told Aaron, or at least her character in her mind, you know, as the actress thinking what my character is, is that someone at uh, Davis and Maine has told, had a meeting with her, Told her to watch Jimmy and said, "You're in a you're a much better attorney. You may not have as much uh, many years behind you, but you're a better attorney than Jimmy, because she's completely condescending to him. And now it's it's even it's kind of picked up a bit where she's kind of you know impatient with him, telling him you know exactly what pieces to get out of the document to I don't know whatever they're doing. It's it's really annoying, and she." She definitely seems like somebody who's just completely full of herself and believes that she's so much better than him. It's like she's been told that he can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe anything that he says unless she sees it for herself. And it's almost like she feels, or maybe she's been told that she can't, that she's going to be held responsible if anything bad happens in this case because of Jimmy. Oh, well, I, I, I almost think just see it more that she got this great talking to, to praise her and she, and to say, do you, do you even know how good of an attorney you are? You're so good and you're so much better because she's got this, she's, she's happy to do it. She's happy to help Jimmy. Um, and it, it just seems like somebody has 
fed her ego a bit to get her to have the motivation to want to sit with Jimmy and do this. I see that. But it also just seems like she's additionally waiting for him to lie, screw up, you know. No, you're right. You're right because she – she, we are coming off of her just seeing him try to bribe the uh, the clerk. Correct. Right, and yeah. he's left, like, the second meeting that we know of that he's supposed to be having with her, just left without any warning. Mm. So do yeah. you get – oh, sorry, Rick. Go ahead. I was just going to say, she's a pain in the ass. And <laughs> I, I, I do not like her, so I, I, I'm not going to justify anything. Uh, she's just a <laughs> uh, pain in the ass, and it's clear that she – uh, I don't know what – I think it's personal space mm. that, that gets me. Uh, she's very mm-hmm. up on Jimmy's shoulder looking around, and uh, even the uh, – she's looking for that specific uh, client document, and it wasn't even on Jimmy. It was on the other guy yeah, that, to get it. Had it. Uh, it. Like he spaced out, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to do that. And you know, Jimmy's just like, see, I'm – it's not my fault. It's yeah. his fault, you know. So I, I think it's not it's, even a big deal. It's nobody's fault, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not like this case is going to trial tomorrow. I mean, this is a whole, you know, they have to prep everything and everything yeah. has to be neat and orderly and all that stuff. So time, you know, taking your time on this stuff is is perfectly logical. And uh, yeah, I just for me, <laughs> personal space is uh, I don't like it. I, I like it. <laughs> When people get up in me, I just get really weird. Uh, I feel the same way when people get up in Jimmy's personal space. Yeah, so Jimmy and I are just, you know, if there's one thing, uh, I I, I feel you, man. Uh, Personal space all the way. (laughs) So uh, before we kind of end our our talk about uh, uh, – I'm not going to be able to pronounce this episode. Uh, Jackie, how do you pronounce this episode? It is called Lawyer – no. It's no. called Better Call Saul. Oh, oh, so wait, are you talking about the show t- name, the title of the episode? Title. Yeah, Bali High. Yes, the name of the song from the South Pacific music that he was serenading her with. Yeah, yeah see, oh, I, it was so cute. But I just, I, I suck at pronouncing words. Yeah, you can ask yeah. Sharon. We can hold. His English pronunciation is bad, but when it gets into other languages, woo! I, I had to kind of look it up. I, I wasn't, it wasn't, it, I'm not that fresh uh, with my pronunciation either. So I, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm far from fresh. Here. I wasn't, I wasn't hooked on phonics as a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's Sharon. You wanted to bring up uh, something from the Huffington Post uh, article yes. that you brought up uh, last week. Uh, yeah, the the interview with Bob Odenkirk. I just thought so it was, good. Yeah, uh, because I remember last podcast you mentioned Rick that um, you know Saul versus Jimmy, and when was when were we going to see more Saul? And I. I realized that I had gotten so excited when I read this article and I took some screenshots because my favorite part was when they asked him uh, about the difference between the two characters and how he would describe Saul. And so the actor who plays him described Saul as superficial and a facade and lacking in substance. But then in 
the same breath, he describes Jimmy as the complete opposite, as earnest and driven and complex and hopeful and human. And when I read that he describes Jimmy as human and then we're, we're basically thinking about Jimmy going away and turning into this fake, substanceless person, it just was like, wow, you know, to hear it described by the actor in this way was just really shocking, I guess, to me, like, you know, because they both just seem like great, fun guys, you know, but deeper in what, what the actor's trying to play is so different. Yeah, and that's why I I believe Jimmy is a better character than Saul, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's very human, he's he's a person that uh, he's trying to live this American dream of uh, becoming a lawyer or becoming, you know, something that, you know, you dreamed of or you're getting out of your brother's shadow or things like that. And Saul doesn't necessarily have that. I mean, he he sure depicts like he's, you know, living the American dream, you know, with all those Better Call Saul commercials and, you know, the inflatable you know liberties and and things like that outside of his office but he's yeah very fake and very you know i'm in it for the money and then we're gonna go our separate ways and we're done uh you look at jimmy and he's trying to do the right thing for the 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 kettlemans when you know he's trying to decide well i need to turn you guys in i need to turn this money in uh so i that's the right thing to do the the Sandpiper case of I have all these senior citizens in New Mexico, let alone all of these other Sandpiper owned residences uh, across the country. And I need to take care of them. And I have to take care of Kim, who is uh, I is my one and only type thing. And it's just he's very human and he's very like me and you and Jackie and, and all these other people in the world. Uh, Saul is... Oh, uh, I'm a facade. I mean, no, no. I, well, but, but I got you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop you. You're on a roll there. But I mean... Yeah, you're right. Uh, but, but it's just, he's very, uh, like, a normal, not a normal, I mean, yeah, he's just a it's guy the, that... The human condition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the desire to uh, be so much what everybody else wants that you're fake. And he fought that for so long and tried to do what was best for him, what he saw as right. Even the extent he went to to take care of his mean brother for so long in the first season. I mean, yeah, he yeah. didn't necessarily care as much what it looked like. It was all about the the heart and getting the right results. So I think it goes back to what we've been saying uh, that, that I mean, which is why I think this Better Call Saul will become a better show than Breaking Bad is because of the effort, uh, the work that they've put into the character development, and so Jimmy is definitely an example of that. Jimmy is a fully fleshed character who's very complex whereas uh Saul is just sort of a almost cartoonish she's he's kind of like a comic well it's funny that they have a comic book on the AMC website for the show but he's he's almost a comic a, a comic book character yeah, in like a way now do you think once this all once the show is all said and done do you think 
rewatching Breaking Bad uh, changes your your opinion on Saul Goodman? Yeah, it hasn't yet. Um... Because you, when you watch Breaking Bad the first time around, and Saul Goodman, yeah, he's just this wacky, you know, uh, out of you know, larger than life, uh, you know, comic book character, and yep. then you you watch it a second time and you realize that he was this really good guy beforehand. I mean, what what do you have? Mm. What do you feel after you know the backstory of uh, of Saul Goodman? I would assume you feel like all that backstory is Jimmy and he's no longer Jimmy. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the when the season is over, uh this season's over and um the hiatus is taking my one of my other times to rewatch Breaking Bad again. I, this will probably be my 15th time watching Breaking Bad. I'm not kidding. Like I I've gotten so good at watching it that I can uh edit audio and a video um, while I'm watching it, which I normally can't do. I usually can't watch something while I'm listening and hearing, but I can. I totally can. Um, and I, I've enjoy, I enjoyed rewatching Breaking Bad. I didn't watch it all the way through. I just picked uh, seasons. Um, but it, 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 that definitely did hit me that, yeah, this is Jimmy. And Jimmy is, you know, it, I, I kind of, I had a better understanding of, of Saul when I when I watched it again. However, I also have to keep in mind that he wasn't created with this backstory. Uh, they they had no clue who Jimmy McGill was when they wrote the character. It's not like they've been plant masterminding this for so long. Uh, it seems, but it it gosh, it seems like they have. Uh, it if if they told us, oh, we've been planning this for decades and we we knew, um, then I would believe it. I would not buy. I would not buy it just because of knowing that they've they've said like, oh yeah, we, sometimes we just write ourselves in the corner and then we mm-hmm. we purposely uh, see what we can do to to get ourselves out of it. I would not buy it for a second if they said they came out when the show was done and said said all that. That's just I'd be like bullshit. Uh, but do you think they they purposely separate? You know, they they called him jimmy mcgill uh compared to saul goodman right away to to not lose that uh rewatchability or you know uh, that change of uh how you feel for for saul well i i mean i i i don't see any other way that they would have they could have done it without going to jimmy before he went bad uh because Otherwise, I don't think the show would be as strong. Uh, again, like we wouldn't have the development of him, first of all. But also, how would they have started the show with him as this sleazy, slimy attorney right off? It, it, it would have, if they had done that, they then they probably should have gone down the track of the half-hour comedy show that they originally had kind of thought of. But I'm sorry, Sharon, did you want to respond to that? I'm just fully agreeing. Yeah, I'm glad that they did it the way that they did, and it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so uh, that that's that's interesting, and um, I, I well, we probably should wrap it up, but I definitely since we've already talked so much about Kim, uh, do you, do you guys? You know, when I this article, another article that I read, and I apologize, I don't have the link or ready for me to to cite it but uh there was an article about how the Kim, the character of Kim is uh, the biggest feminist in television today um because she's um 
between 30 and 40. She's single. She's not having a kid, and that's not even an issue. And, you know, most female characters uh, at that age, if they're single and they're, they don't have a kid, then they're sad about it. They're, they're something – they're really depressed about it. Um, but also she's doing things for herself. She's making herself uh, – giving herself the success that she has. Uh, but but also they compared that that the character of Kim is so much more likable because they've invested the time in this so that the writers and creators have corrected the mistake that they made before. And I, again, I'm, you know, kind of not quoting the article, but this is gathering what they said, because in Breaking Bad, apparently fans really didn't like Skylar uh, because she was really just the enemy to Walter for most of the show. Do you um, guys agree? Um, I liked her, but I liked Skylar, but what, I think what? the problem with Skylar, uh, for me, and I, I don't know if again, I uh, might be putting words in, in other people's mouths, but <laughs> she was very bitchy, uh, to, yeah. to start off. And when you start off, uh, from a man's perspective, when you start uh-huh. off bitchy, uh, when you start off <laughs> foot, uh, it's hard to get yourself out of that. Um, she didn't even try. She stepped with a bitchy foot every episode. Yeah, I mean, and this is from the beginning. This wasn't, you know, a, you know, she found out about Walt's, uh, you know, Walt being a, a meth cooker, uh, and then she became bitchy. No, she she started out bitchy uh, from the get-go, and part of that, you can, uh, again, this is just a man being a man, uh, is probably because she was pregnant. So, you know, a, <laughs> Uh, so oh, hell yeah, no. so uh, if there's one person you don't want so to send your emails to lawyeruppodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, attention, Rick. Yeah, attention, Rick. But uh, it's uh, if you're pregnant, especially. And, and yeah, jeez, uh, uh, <laughs> my God. Uh, so I've already stepped. stepped <laughs> uh, but that's, okay. that's that's my opinion. It, she started off on the bitchy foot right away, and uh, it's it's hard to get yourself out of that and. Kim did not seem bitchy at all. Uh, if anything, they played her very mysterious uh, in the beginning and then opened her up to, to being, you know, uh, somebody who works, who works her ass off and is very kind and genuine and stuff like that. Sharon, uh, yeah. uh, what do you think of your uh, uh, bitchy boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well, to agree with part of what you just said, um, yeah, Kim – seems she always seemed fun Mm. and i'd hang with her and you know (laughs) a little bit realistic when jimmy needed it but i think with skylar she seemed almost like a mom Mm. i don't think you should treat your your husband like a mom Mm. (laughs) i just remember one of the first things i remember is how she treated him when she when she called um jesse's voicemail <laughs> and she she got all uh mad about his pot dealer friend and, and she showed up and told uh jesse don't you know to not play with her husband anymore they couldn't hang out and play like if he was a kid and they were you know having play dates yeah exactly <laughs> treating not just jesse but her husband like a kid i don't know you're right very good point i agree Sorry to give you crap about that, but you asked for it. I no remember really not liking <laughs> Skylar for a lot of episodes. Mm. Yeah. She just wasn't supportive at all. Mm. 
but I mean, again, who do you, I mean, what do you do in, for one, I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate, not because I'm trying to save face for myself, but uh, uh, I'm playing devil's advocate here because one, she didn't know that uh, he had cancer for the longest time. That's true. In season one. Uh, Two, I mean, she is, uh, she does have, you know, she isn't working uh, at all, and it's all based on the teacher's salary. Uh, a one-person teacher salary, might, might I add. Yeah, that's Three, uh, her son has, uh, you know, is is disabled as well, so she has that to, to you know, fall back on. So it's that a lot of that stuff can can crumble on on a person's you know head. Uh, that's three things uh, right off the bat. As far as you know, what could make you feel bitchy, and it's not it's not that she's purposely being bitchy it's just that she has a lot of shit on her plate uh on that stuff and uh that's all i will say on that otherwise i'm just going to talk myself uh back around into the uh shit despair well um you know we are just past the hour so we should probably wrap it up and uh any kind of final thoughts on the show uh did it wasn't it wasn't high on the list of episodes this season that i liked but i uh, there were some great. I mean, the the serenade, Bob Odenkirk singing that song, uh, and I don't know how Rhea Seahorn Seahorn uh, was able to listen to that and not just die laughing. But uh, that that to me made it brought brings it up high on the list. Uh, but again, this was an episode that really did anything big. Uh, I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. I was wrong. Uh, what do you guys think how, on a on a scale of uh, one to ten? How did you like the show? Uh, I mean, as far as a scale, I, I would give it a, a, a to quote my friend Conan O'Brien. Uh, I'd give it one of these, and uh, you know, it did its job, and uh, uh, that's that's it. I, I can't give a number. Yeah, I can't give a number either. I think that's why we don't do scales. But Sharon, uh, I agree. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It it go- it's. None of these episodes seem like placeholders. Mm. It's like we need to fill in the gap because we have 10 episodes. Right. Right. Uh, They're all getting us somewhere. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I think this episode is definitely uh, not a, you know, big things have happened. But this is definitely a a bridge piece to get us to a a huge point. And uh, I... And what that point could be, it could be Kim jumping ship and, you know, things right. like that. And, yeah, big things have <clears> happened. <throat> I mean, people were given $25,000 and $50,000 <laughs> and people were given job offers. And yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. Fixed permanently. Yes. If anything, this <laughs> episode uh, showed everyone how to make a bigger cup holder and that's and that's all we really want in life is bigger cup holders and a inexpensive uh surveillance system for your house burglar alarm for your house exactly it's it's if anything that's that's all you need in episodes is you know security alarms and bigger cup holders yep yep i agree so do you want to take us out yes uh so if you yourself have made a a uh awesome uh, uh, home alarm system or have made a cup holders that, that hold the, the Stein beer uh, cups that, that people love to enjoy. Uh, hit us up at lawyer up podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also hit us up on Twitter at LawyerUpPodcast. And you can also contact us by telephone and leave us a voicemail at 505-750-1760. Also, if you leave us uh, feedback on any of those uh, three ways, uh, please answer uh, what do you think is going to happen with that $10,000 check? Do you think Kim is going to get – caught with it or do you think jimmy's gonna cash it uh that is something that is uh on my mind as far as uh the opinion out there of our listeners and viewers out there it's there look it up yep great and um and also special thanks to uh sergeant muffin as well who uh has hooked us up with this uh very fancy uh video feed on uh diamondclub.tv uh and that is uh if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at Sergeant Muffin. That is S G T Muffin, and uh, you can also uh, follow. You can donate to his Patreon as well. It is Patreon.com/slash S G T Muffin. And if you're not a part of Diamond Club, uh, and you're 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 surely starting to hear more and more about Diamond Club as you watch us, uh, it, it's a great thing. DiamondClub.tv. It's a great uh, place to check out. People doing uh, all kinds of creative stuff independently, um, and it's it's uh, so follow him on Twitter, and you'll get to know more about it. Uh, and maybe you could become a part of it, get your podcast broadcasted, and uh, you know, join the Diamond Club. So uh, yeah, and so again, we watch us on Diamond Club TV on Thursday evenings, and follow us on Twitter so that you know where to find us and when we're on because we snuck up on you and recorded. We I'm I'm so glad we recorded early. It's so nice to get it out, get done right after the show. Very fresh in our minds. Yeah, uh, doing it uh, early as well. Um, so should we tell our listeners about next week? We're going to take a break again next week and then combine two episodes the following week. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, I am going on an excursion to uh, Texas to uh, look up uh, uh, retirement homes for my uh, future. And uh, we're going to be in two weeks, and we're going to talk uh, both uh, Episode 7 and Episode 8 uh, together into one. And I will let everyone know uh, what kind of room I get in the Sandpiper community as well. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. And um, if you, but you know, Rick, before you go and do that uh, and you sign any contracts, you might want to lawyer lawyer up. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)